0: Welcome to the Tanakh podcast today at Yermiahu Perak Bet, Jeremiah chapter 2. <laughs> Chapter two begins with the unforgettable, beautiful words of Yeremiahu about the love between God and the Jewish people, words which we recite in the middle of our zikronot, at the centerpiece of our Rosh Hashanah davening. Ko amar Hashem kesen I remember the the love of your youth, the the romance of our of our courtship. Of our of our wedding that you went after me says god i'm israel you you went into the wilderness into a a land which wasn't sown kodesh israel israel holy to god the first of his produce anybody who tries to eat of the first fruits of the harvest is guilty disaster befalls them Likewise, I will protect Am Israel. Am Yisrael will have special protection. So first of all, this stands alone. Just uh, the, the statements. And I think it's really important to say that even with all of the rebuke and all of the gloom of the book of Jeremiah, it is underla- underlaid with, with a beautiful layer of, of love. And uh, let's get into chapter two. Chapter two is is a a chapter of rebuke, uh, where Yirmeyahu severely rebukes the people for abandoning God. So what's this beginning? By the way, we read this as on the second Shabbat of the three weeks, and um, it's very appropriate for that. And God basically, if we start from this, this image of of, of the love, the love between God and Israel, the dedication of one to the other, the notion that we're willing even as two lovers to go into the wilderness together, now God turns around to the people and and uses those very same metaphors. Um, And he says, for example, What did your forefathers find wrong with me? They distanced themselves from me, says God to the Jewish people. And they went after nonsense and acted in a feeble-minded way. The truth is that Hevel, Hevel means hot air. So maybe we should say, and they went after hot air and became air-headed. That's what we, they became airheads. They were doing ridiculous, stupid things. Notice the use of Vayelchu acharei. Instead of Lechtech acharei Bamibar, now they're following nonsense, they're following, um, it says, they didn't say, they, they forgot about the God who took them through the wilderness in the dry, parched land, a place that nobody ever passed how I looked after you. And he says more than that. Verse 7, I brought you to the land of Israel, to the Carmel, to the fertile land, to eat the fruit, the good fruit, to but of all the Ahlati You defiled my land. You made my, my inheritance into a abomination. The priests didn't say Hashem, where is God? The people who were responsible for the Torah didn't know me. Hanviim Nibu the prophets, instead of prophesying to God, prophesied to follow the Baal. Lo yo lo yo ilu once again, who did they go? Where did they halachu? after nothing good in fact, it says that two bad things you did to me, Chaim, I am the true Chaim, I'm the true source of water, and you abandoned that, but if we're in the wilderness, so now where are you going to get water from? He says "Lasoff lahem borot and what did you do instead of going to fresh water, the water of God, you are in the wilderness, what do you, you go to a bar or you go to a cistern, but unfortunately, these are cisterns, which loya their borot their cisterns which are cracked, and therefore all the water will seep out of them." So this chapter is full of a sense of an abandonment with God. People abandon God. And now you might ask, why does it start with this beautiful scene of love between the Jewish people and God? For two reasons. Number one, you have to imagine the prophet standing there in the courtyard of the temple or in the village square. And he wants people to listen to him. So how does he start? He starts by telling the people what they want to hear. Oh, you're so wonderful. Oh, God loves you. He gives them a rousing speech, the but then, when people he drags in his listeners, now he starts saying, "Well, you know well, who are you going after now?" and he uses that whole metaphor, and throughout this speech, the metaphor of the wilderness, he carries on derech Mitraim, why do you go back to Egypt, ashur, Lishtot the notion of the land, the parched land, the land where you need water." What way do you walk through the wilderness? This is all the metaphors of this chapter, but the truth is that these metaphors go much further in, the, in 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 this chapter, and there's an incredible array of images that he has. For example, not only the husband and the wife and the notion of, for example, uh, promiscuity or adultery. Um, he also says, for example. He says, verse 21, I planted you as a beautiful vineyard. So, why did you become wild grapes? Or in the next, we don't have an image of agriculture, but an image of laundry. You can use the most advanced chemicals to do your laundry. your sin has stained you or for example in a couple of verses later verse 24 you're like a wild donkey you're you you won't take any any yoke you won't take any authority okay um who can return him to his owner he's he's now free he uses all sorts of metaphors, a thief who's caught red-handed, a bride who wears her jewelry. There's almost nothing in the playbook of allegory and metaphor in this chapter which isn't used in order to bring to the people the sense that they are um, repudiating God. And more than repudiating God, God has done so much for them, so why now are they rejecting him? Now, the interesting thing is that this really is a dialogue because... You'll see in verse 29, for example, Why are you arguing with me? He says. And indeed, they argue. Pasuk after Pasuk, we see arguments. For example, Pasuk the the, the the By the way, this is a prophetic technique often used where the prophet quotes the people. And he says, you said this? Well, I'll respond that. So for example, Pasuk Khafkimel, the people say, Ech tomru lonit meiti, balim Some people respond to the Prophet and say, What do you mean? We haven't been doing the Baal, we haven't become impure. And he says to them, Ray Bagai, sit He says, Look what you've been doing in the valleys. Bagai, maybe that's Gay hinom." Now you might say, what a historical period is this relating to? And I think we'll soon find in chapter 3 that we're talking in the period of Yoshiahu. I'll give a historical background tomorrow, but let's just say for the moment that this comes after probably about 70 years of idolatry in the kingdom of Judah. 70 years of idolatry. And if that's really true, we have no doubt that Israel has been piled into all sorts of idolatry for quite a long time. What else? Um verse 25. The people respond, Vatomri, No Ash, alech." Other people say, nonsense. If we want to go with other gods, we will. <laughs> other people have a different response. They say, verse 35 Vatomri Kini Keti, we've done shuva. Ach Some people are saying, you know, but we've done tshuva. Yoshiyahu's done tshuva. We can't be guilty of all of this. So I want you to imagine this scene of Yerum starting off with Zachary Tila Chesed Attracting people and then using this phenomenal rhetoric ability. He's, He's got this phenomenal ability to draw on images and metaphors and allegories in order to express to the people what they've got what they've done and people in the village square shouting out, No, we're not guilty. Or other people say, Who cares? Or other people say we've done tshuva. You know, here we are in the month of Elol, approaching the Yamim Noraim, and one of the things we do when we say Srikot, or one of the things that we do on Yom Kippur is we say Vidui. Uh, we confess. Because the most difficult thing the process of tshuva is to own up to what you've done. The most difficult thing is to say, "I don't know." <laughs> what does alcoholics anonymous say? The first thing you've got to be able to say is, "I am an alcoholic." You've got to admit you can't deal with what's wrong until you admit it. In this chapter, Yirmiyahu is desperately trying to bring the people to a sense that they understand what they've done. He doesn't talk about the consequences he doesn't threaten them with destruction or exile he's simply saying to them look what you've done look how you've turned your back on god you've rejected all the kindness he's given you the people are giving him a lot of pushback and that's really what's happening throughout our chapter a powerful chapter indeed enough for today see you tomorrow